Welcome to Litigation Nation. I'm your host, Jack Sanker. Today's stories all about digital privacy. Yet another significant filing against Facebook for the alleged breach of data security laws in Texas. And in Section 230 news, Facebook and other online giants are invoking the controversial provision in civil lawsuits related to faked pornographic photos based on real photos obtained without consent. And San Francisco's district attorney alleges SF police are using DNA obtained from victims of sexual assault to see if the victims themselves committed other crimes. All that and more, here's what you need to know. Up first, Texas brings its own case against Facebook's biometric data collection practices. And this story is similar to an Illinois case, which we covered a few episodes back in episode seven. So check that out if you want more coverage on this kind of stuff. Anyways, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton alleges that Facebook or Meta or whatever you want to call it these days violated state privacy laws and is seeking billions in damages. This suit involves Facebook's tag suggestions. Remember when you upload a photo to Facebook, who even does it anymore? And it would suggest that you tag certain people in the photo based on Facebook recognizing the faces of those people. Apparently, that allegedly violated certain Texas statutes. The complaint reads, quote, the scope of Facebook's misconduct is staggering. Facebook repeatedly captured Texans' biometric identifiers without their consent, not hundreds or thousands or millions of times, but billions of times all in violation of the Texas statutes. Paxton said at a news conference outside of Harrison County Courthouse on Monday that the fine for each violation of the Capture or Use of Biometric Identifier Act and the Deceptive Trade Practices Act is $25,000 per. Apparently, Facebook had shut down its facial recognition practices last year, but not before harvesting the biometric data of millions of people along the way. Quote, Facebook will no longer take advantage of people and their children with the intent to turn a profit at the expense of one's safety and well-being, Paxson said in a statement announcing the lawsuit. This is yet another example of big tech's deceitful business practices, and it must stop, unquote. So looking at the complaint, it cites to the specific privacy statutes in Texas, which require a company to give certain notices before biometric data is given. Specifically, a person may not capture a biometric identifier for commercial purposes unless they first inform the individual before capturing the biometric identifier and receive the individual's consent to capture that biometric identifier. The Texas law also requires the entity capturing the biometric data to destroy it within a reasonable time afterwards, up to one year, and prevents the entity from disclosing it to anyone else except in limited circumstances, like to law enforcement, for example. The Texas law defines biometric data as retina or iris scans, fingerprint, and facial geometry, and Facebook is accused of capturing facial geometry data here. Texas alleges specifically that the methodology of the tag suggestion feature of Facebook was not properly disclosed to users. When Facebook asked you to tag someone, you were actually helping Facebook's facial recognition AI better map and recognize human faces, for example. All of this to say nothing of Facebook gathering biometric data of non-users whose faces were uploaded into the same system. The allegations go further and allege similar practices with Instagram, WhatsApp, and other Facebook subsidiaries. Now, this is on the heels of a $650 million settlement in Illinois for similar issues, as well as a previous $5 billion FTC fine not long ago. 
having looked into the allegations of what the statute says, I think this case actually has a lot of merit. It's likely that Facebook will be facing another multi-million dollar settlement or verdict. Plus, the political climate in Texas is extremely hostile to big tech like Facebook these days. And looking today, Facebook's share price is in the dumps, approaching 52-week lows. And if you look at the headlines from even today or this past week, you'll see that Facebook is in trouble in France and other European nations for violation of similar European regulations, which are traditionally more strict than those in the United States. All that being said, things just aren't very good for the tech giant lately. With all these liabilities piling up, you have to wonder if a death by a thousand cuts scenario might be in the future. Up next, another Facebook story. We're not quite done with it yet. You ever wonder where those stock photos of people for weird apps or websites come from? Turns out many of them may be obtained without the model's consent. A news anchor named Karen Hepp in Philadelphia's likeness has been co-opted for use in advertising. Apparently, Hepp's image, which the Philly magazine describes as, quote, smiling and with a bit more cleavage than she shows in the morning news, unquote, appeared in pop-up advertising for dating apps, erectile dysfunction ads, and other NSFW websites. It sounds horrific, frankly, as Hep said to, that all of her coworkers saw these. She got emails from people asking all the time, did you know that you were on this website, for example? Moreover, the photos were often edited with more unseemly content included. And this is particularly damaging for Hep, a newscaster whose public image, she says, centers around her life as a family woman and as a mother of three. Instead, she was being involuntarily associated with inappropriate and graphic content. Originally, her cease and desist letters to these different tech companies, advertising firms, etc. got her nowhere. So eventually, she lawyered up and sued Facebook, of all places, for allowing these photos to consistently be used in ads that were hosted on the site. She hired attorney Samuel Feynman, who had recently taken on Pornhub after a Pennsylvania man's face was used in an online gambling ad that appeared on the pornographic website. The man had shared a photo of himself fanning $100 bills on social media. The photo somehow wound up in the ad without his consent, and the ad wound up on Pornhub. And get this, the man's wife got wind of it, and she was none too happy to see his face on that website, of course. Based on this, Hep called Feynman. On September 4th, 2019, Hep's lawsuit against Facebook, Reddit, Imgur, and other online entities was filed. Eventually, Facebook invoked Section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act. Generally, Section 230 allows for websites to be immune to liabilities for content placed on their platforms if they are only acting as a distributor, not a publisher. Generally, newspapers, websites, etc., especially social media ones, have used Section 230 with great success, to the point where it has generated quite a bit of political pushback these days. How much of the fake news controversies with Facebook over the past few years will eventually come back to Section 230, for example? However, Hep's lawyer, Sam Feynman, is acutely aware of the fact that Section 230 has an exception for instances of alleged IP theft, and we'll put a pin in that for now. And then there's also the right to publicity angle of Hep's lawsuit, which generally says that a company can't use someone else's likeness for their own commercial benefit without consent. 
The Philly Mag article points to one of the biggest right of publicity cases in modern history, which was when Michael Jordan, of all people, sued a large grocery store chain that used his likeness to advertise its stores and to push steak coupons. A jury awarded Michael Jordan $8.9 million in that case after he testified he never gave consent to the grocery store chain. What's interesting is that HEP's theories of liability seek to categorize and include the right of publicity as an IP right and therefore fit it within the narrow exceptions of Section 230. Originally, the case was thrown out. However, on appeal, the judge ruled that her claim should survive and that Section 230 does not grant blanket immunity to internet companies for content posted on their site, at least as a matter of law at the pleading stage. So think about the actual damages that HEP faced here. The original photo that she took has been doctored and edited in various obscene ways. She believes it was actually a still shot from a security camera taken at a market or a bodega. It wasn't even the one that she took. Someone else took it. The photo then was allegedly used in hundreds of different iterations in all over the seediest places on the internet, linking her to these places, which her friends and families and coworkers all found out about. I'm sure many of them may have assumed that it was consensual and that Hep agreed to be a spokeslady for dating and porn sites. So the damage is real. Now, according to Hep, quote, I know I am probably never going to earn any money for this lawsuit, but I'm never going to stop fighting. It's just the right thing to do. The best thing I can possibly teach my kids is to stand up for whatever you believe is right, even if it's a long, tough fight to get there, even if you think you can't win, unquote. Best of luck to her. Our last story, and just to remind everyone that it's not just Facebook impinging on your digital privacies. In San Francisco, the DA is alleging that its police department's crime lab has been checking the DNA collected from victims of sexual assault to determine whether those victims ever committed a subsequent crime, according to DA Shaysa Boudin. Quoting Boudin in a piece in Ars Technica, quote, the crime lab attempts to identify crime suspects by searching a database of DNA evidence that contains DNA collected from rape and sexual assault victims. Boudin's release denounced the alleged, quote, practice of using rape and sexual assault victims DNA and attempt to subsequently incriminate them, unquote. Now, apparently, a woman whose DNA was collected years ago and entered into the database after she was raped was just used this month to link her to a recent property crime. The San Francisco Chronicle recently reported the woman was arrested for a felony property crime after being identified through her DNA, which was in the victim database. D.A. Boudin said, quote, we should encourage survivors to come forward, not collect evidence to use against them in the future. This practice treats victims like evidence and not like human beings. This is legally and ethically wrong, unquote. The San Francisco police chief, Bill Scott, says that they will investigate their practice, but defended it generally, saying, quote, I am informed that our existing DNA collection practices have been legally vetted and confirmed with state and national forensic standards, and that there are many important principles for which the San Francisco Police Department stands that go beyond state and national standards. He went on to say, we must never create disincentives for crime victims to cooperate with police. And if it's true that DNA collected from rape or sexual assault victims has been used by SFPD to identify and apprehend that person as a suspect in another crime, I'm committed to ending that practice. Now, apparently during examinations of people reporting sexual assaults, Biological evidence from bodily fluids, fingernail scrapings, bite and scratch marks is collected from the victim's body. 
the victim submits their own DNA sample in order to exclude the DNA that comes from the victim as opposed to the suspect. So the DNA of the victim is collected to identify the DNA of the assailant. Apparently, this is not an isolated incident. Law enforcement in New York, other parts of California, have been implicated in data collection controversies themselves and potentially elsewhere as well. Hopefully, this San Francisco lawsuit shines a light on what a lot of people probably didn't even know was happening in the first place. Thanks, everyone. That's the episode. I promise next week won't be so Facebook heavy, but data protection and privacy is a pet interest of mine. Next episode, we can get back to our regularly scheduled program. Talk to you next week.